Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I am your host, Kane Pittman, here today with a special guest. You all will recognize the face. You recognize the voice. Zora, Steve-O Stevenson. Everyone calls her <laughs> Steve-O. Uh, everyone in the media, everyone around the Bucks organization calls her Steve-O. So the main reason I wanted to do this podcast with you today, Zora, was to um, just let, let everyone know that they can now formally call you Steve-O. Well, everyone calling me Steve-O means everyone as in you. <laughs> yeah okay no fine. one no one calls me steve-o <laughs> okay fine well you actually uh i the other day on twitter i was laughing about this i don't think I, I said this to you but i said something to you and you said uh you said thanks k or something like that and you called yeah. me k so i was like all right fine i'm like no one is, in my life has ever called me that but i know you said people call you z so that, that makes some sense yeah yeah yeah. so now now that you came up with like a random name for me i had to i had to um get back at you so you're officially k all right. I like it. I'm cool with that. Uh, all right. So we've spoke the last couple of days in this podcast about All-Star Weekend a little bit, um, more specifically about the events itself and what happened on the court. I, I think this was your first All-Star Weekend, right? Yes. The first one that I've ever been to. It's a lot, Kane. It's a lot. <laughs> I know. I feel like every time I bumped into you, uh, we both, I think, just looked like tired and we're just like, I don't even know what's like happening next. And we were running around to see someone. But for you, your first all-star weekend is there anything in particular and it can be like bucks related it can be on the court or it can just be something cool that, that you did or whatever is there anything in particular that you were like okay uh i was really glad that i was there for that i mean this is kind of like a cop-out answer but everything <laughs> like yeah from the i mean it started with just like some of the networking events and the like extracurriculars that were happening lots of fun stuff but then like we're talking about the actual events i thought saturday night was gonna be kind of like the pinnacle and the really cool moment but saturday i mean sunday outdid itself right like with the performances common was spectacular like i don't care what anyone says like you have to be a genius to come up with all that stuff like he writes his (laughs) stuff like i need people to appreciate the genius that common is and the way that chicago hosted i have a friend who uh, we met in college and she uh, is from Chicago and all through college, all she could say was, I'm from Chicago and Chicago's the best, blah, 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 blah. And all of us would look at her like, okay, chill out. This weekend, I told her after this weekend, I was like, I get it. Like, I get why people from there are so prideful. I get why like the city almost like shines through them no matter where they go. It's just an amazing city, amazing people. I love the energy. Yeah, I mean, I was I was in Charlotte last year for All Star Weekend, and I will uh, very confidently say that I think uh, Chicago was more ready for an event like that. <laughs> uh, they they put on a good show; it was pretty fun. Uh, I want to I would I do want to get into some more Buck stuff here, though. I mean, for you to sort of come into this job, and and I'm in a very similar position. I I, I was here last season, and obviously they won sixty games, had the longest uh, playoff run they've had in forever. But you're sort of the same. <laughs> You've come in here, and they've just topped that. I mean, they're not, they're not even worried about 60 wins anymore. They're on 70 win pace. So 
for you coming in to this job and being around this team, is it, has it surpassed anything that you expected when you were going to be uh, coming into this job? I know like sideline reporting for you is, is, is a different job. Uh, how has this first few months been? And, and are you just like looking at the calendar now and, and amazed that it's already nearly March? Well, I mean, I mean, this experience surpassed anything I could have imagined. And I think that's because I didn't know what to imagine, right? Yeah. Like, I tell people, like, covering the NBA and being involved, like, being in the trenches like we are, you, you don't understand it until you're in it. So, and you don't really know what it's like until you're in it. And so I'm just appreciative of everything. And as far as, like, the team, like, I'm just here for the ride. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's really cool to see what the team is doing right now in terms of how they're playing. But like, if you watch them, like it really stems from the camaraderie that we, that they have. And like from talking to a lot of people, like this is not normal in terms of like an NBA team and the guys really caring about each other, hanging out as much as they do, like off the court, uh, celebrating each other's successes on the court. Like, I mean, we talk about the bench mob, like jumping up and down and all that kind of stuff. Like from what I've, you know, heard, it's like, that's not normal on every NBA team. And maybe you can speak to that, but uh, it's just really cool. Like, I think we're watching like history in the making, like no matter what happens this season and last season combined, like is going to be a story that this city tells for years to come. And I'm just honored to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, I like myself, like I'm only a couple of years into uh, not only NBA, but sports in general. And, and even when I went back to Australia and I was doing some Australian football, some uh, the Australian league basketball, but it is, I mean, this, it, it, and it's really hard to explain or, and actually sort of uh, try and uh, talk through the locker room that the Bucks have, but you're right. I mean, when you walk in there, whether it's a win, whether it's a loss, whether it is uh, a particular player having a, a great game. We've seen, obviously, Middleton with his 50 points when Bledsoe's had big nights. It doesn't matter who it is. They're so unselfish. They genuinely like each other, which is... I mean, just think about that on, on any sports team. And we, we've all played sports, and obviously you played uh, you know, four years of college basketball. I mean, it's very hard to have a group of athletes or people in, in that sort of environment where everyone likes each other. It just doesn't happen. Well, and athletes like are competitors by nature. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's only, it's only natural that like, you kind of want to do better than your teammate. Like that's just, you know, it just kind of how it goes. And to see them really celebrate each other is awesome. Especially when like you have a player like Giannis, who is obviously the focal point. Like it's no question who yeah. is the best player on this team. And when you have somebody uh, that has so much focus and so much attention on them, and for everybody else to still buy into that is, is kind of unique, I think. So the interesting one for me, and I was talking to some people about this the other day, when, when you looked at the All-Star Weekend and leading up uh, and, and through the voting, you're like, okay, obviously Giannis is going to be an All-Star. And I think by the time uh, sort of January had rolled around, you're like, okay, Chris Milton is a lock for an All-Star. He's having an incredible season. But there was certainly a case for Eric Bledsoe to be an all-star. And so, and to a, a lesser extent, Brooke Lopez, obviously it was going to be difficult for him. But Bledsoe was a guy that last year could have you know, seen himself as being very unlucky as well. Uh, and it was just so funny to me to see Bledsoe. Yeah, he missed out on all-star again. He was, he was vocal about it. He's like, yeah, I would love to be an all-star. This would be great. But the fact that he didn't get that, like there was zero pouting. He didn't care. Even when we spoke to him in, in Indianapolis last week after the game, 
he was like smiling, laughing. He's like, oh man, I'm getting out of Milwaukee. I'm going to get some sun. I'm going to be in some warm weather. These guys, yeah, they want the individual achievements for sure, but they don't let that sidetrack them from the goal, which if you ask them is obviously the playoffs and, and winning the championship. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Bucks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Milwaukee Bucks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Milwaukee Bucks fans that are well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to double three triple seven, or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get the team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you guys. Oh, not at all. And I think it also speaks to like their age as well. Like their veterans yeah. have been around the league for a while and they know how the season goes. It's a long grinding season. Like George Hill had an opportunity uh, to be in three point contest. I mean, I yeah. believe his percentage is still top in the NBA. And I know he's, you know, hasn't played for a while with the injury, but still like uh, these guys, like they need a break too. So they really, I think they think about that stuff. And if you ask Bled, like, I think he was like, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's out of his hands and he was just going to go enjoy his break. So I think that speaks to like the veteran mentality on this team as well. They want to get their rest and then come back and be ready for the sprint at the end. All right. So you mentioned being in the trenches before and <laughs> I'm at practice, I'm at shooter and I'm at games, but I, you still see some things that I don't see in terms of actually actual practice. I mean, we, we come in uh, at, at the end of practice and we see guys shooting around, but you see mm-hmm. Bud, during practice so uh, we always talk to the players about what's bud like in this this first half that you didn't play so well mm-hmm. or what what was bud like after this loss and they always say he's pretty calm but bud's always been a guy that has been seen around the league as a player's coach the players generally love playing for this guy what is he like after a loss and not necessarily just the loss i mean they haven't lost many games we see bud sometimes after a win where he's visibly not 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 very happy so what do you see from him, the relationship with players and, and uh, how he sort of handles the, the workload and the practice with these guys? Well, I think you've got it down. I mean, he's got a really great relationship with the players, which I think is key because then when he gets on them, they're hearing them, right, and, and listening to him and respecting what he's saying. And, you know, he tells them when they do a good job, but he also gets on them, right? He's got high expectations for these players and these teams, and it doesn't matter if you're Giannis or if you're Chris, or if you're Bled, or whoever, he's going to hold you accountable. And I think that's what the players respect. Like, it's not just the younger guys that he's getting on. It's the the more veteran players, too. And so everybody appreciates that. Everybody respects that. And then he's got kind of like a, a separate relationship with a lot of the players as well. I mean, Eric Bledsoe has said, like, I feel like I can go to Coach Bud and just talk to him about life and about my family or whatever's going on with me, and he'll just listen. And that's unique to have an NBA coach where you feel that comfortable with. So a lot of the guys, I mean, respect is key in this league and, and the guys really respect him. But no, I mean, in terms of practice, he's really organized. Like it's an efficient practice. And even, you know, I mean, it could be slated that practice is going to start at noon yeah. and we're doing media by one. I mean, they don't play around. They're not, 
wasting anybody's time. They get after it, but they're also efficient as well. And I think the players appreciate that. Yeah, it's been interesting this season. I know last year, I feel like they're practicing less than they did last year. And part of that was the Paris trip. And, and obviously how many games they were playing and there was basically just less opportunities to have a day off and practice. But do I, when you look at this team and you speak to, to guys that cover other teams and, and how uh, other sort of squads around the league are doing this, it does feel like the Bucks have placed a pretty high priority on making sure their guys are fresh. We know the minute loads are down from the games, but in between games, uh, we know that their medical staff is, is really high, highly regarded around the league. But it does seem to me that they have put an emphasis on making sure that these guys are 100% ready to go when they need to play. And if they need a day off, Bud talks about this, sometimes guys need a rest. And he seems to be able to tell that with the, with the individuals. And I think that has to do with the makeup of the team. It's so funny to me because some people like they'll come up to me and they laugh and they say, you're covering like the best young team in the league. And I'm like, if you look at this team, like they're not young. Like I would be interested to know like Mm. the average experience level. I mean, just the starting five, it's all people like Giannis is technically like the youngest or the guy with the least amount of experience. And he's what, seven, seven years in. Yeah. So just think about that. Like, I mean, in seven years in the NBA is technically a vet. Um, I mean, the the George Hills and the both Lopez brothers have 10 plus years of experience. Bled is in his 10th season. So these are guys that like their bodies are aged and in terms of athletes, like they're old. (laughs) So they can't, they can't take as much. And so I think the staff is really cognizant of that. Yeah. It's interesting. I I think that this, this Bucks squad really quietly transitioned from being or being viewed as a young up and coming roster a couple of years ago when Jason Kidd was around to all of a sudden, you're right. I think there's some people that still make the mistake of thinking that they are a young team because you start at the top and you look at Giannis and say, okay, well, he's 25. He's young. Technically, or, or you know, potentially, he hasn't even reached his prime. I know Giannis will say he hasn't, but it makes you sometimes think that they're younger than they are, but they aren't. They're, they're a veteran team. And certainly the guys that they've brought in since since Bud came in have all been guys with uh, a lot of experience around the league. But for you, this is... They always say the All-Star break is the halfway point in the season, but, I mean, we're essentially two-thirds through the regular season. You're basically living out of a suitcase most of the time. Like, let's, let's be honest about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. You're at all these NBA games. It's great. It's really fun. But... It, the travel is also tiring. I don't do that much travel. Certainly last year I did a few trips and I remember by the end of like one four game West coast trip, I was just exhausted. Like I just needed to go home and sleep. How are you finding the, the grind of all this? Because I know sometimes I talk to you and you're just like, I'm really tired. Yeah. I think it's gotten a lot better in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. It was rough. You got your second wind. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, exactly. I've got my second wind. I was talking to somebody at all star and they travel a lot and they were like, yeah, it's cute in the beginning. <laughs> and then it's like, not so cute. And I completely agree with that. I mean, it's great. You get to go out to cities and you get to see family and friends from all over the country. Um, but it's a lot. I mean, like got back from all-star and I'm like, what's the point in unpacking my suitcase? Cause mm-hmm. we leave for Detroit on Wednesday, AKA mm-hmm. tomorrow. So um, yeah, it's a ton of travel. I think just pacing yourself. Like, I mean, some days like if I need to sleep, like I just sleep, you know, I'm, I'm really, uh, aware of balance and what I need to do to take care of my body and all that kind of stuff. Um, packing, I've gotten way better. It still takes those like 
two games or more, it takes you a while. Like people don't understand, especially as women, how many outfits we have in a day. I mean, like, for example, like I worked out in the morning, that's one outfit. Then we go to shoot around. That's another outfit. Then we have the game as a third outfit. And then if we're flying to another city, I need a fourth outfit for the plane. That's yeah. a lot. That's a That's- lot. And and I'm really bad at that. I'm just going to say now I, I packed like last second as like, I think every guy does for, for Chicago. I was going for three nights and I got to Saturday afternoon. And I was like, I'm just going to have to go shopping in Chicago. I did not bring enough clothes. Yeah. I mean, you got to really plan this stuff out. And then we go to different cities with different climates. So you could be yeah. like in Minnesota one day yeah. with a huge coat and in LA the next. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the traveling is not for the faint of heart. It's, it's definitely a skill to learn how to master it. But also like, I'm not going to, uh, you know, ask for anybody's sympathy or anything. Like <laughs> it's fun. Like it, it's fun and I'm enjoying it and having a blast. So the other thing that uh, people always like, if I'm talking to someone and I say, this is what, this is what I'm doing. Everyone straight away is just like, man, that must be really cool. You get to check out all these cities. You get to do all this stuff. It's not really the case. If you're in the city and out of the city within 20 hours or, or 22 hours or something like that, I, I can't really like think back. I mean, actually you got to hang out in Paris for a couple of days. I was about to say what's been the best destination that, that you've been to and you've actually had a chance to do something cool was, was the Paris trip by far and away the, the best one oh. for you so far. By far. Yeah. By far, by far. But if we're coming back to earth a little bit, uh, I mean, LA, like certain, the nice cities, like they tend to stay a little longer. So like we'll get in the day before and you may have like an off day before the day before the game and then the game and then they'll not leave till like the afternoon of the day after the game. So there's some cities like San Francisco uh, had some downtime. So it's nice. It's one of those cities that you have off days. In. So that would be like LA, San Francisco, Orlando. We had an off day. That was really cool. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we're there for work and there's a lot of hours and a lot of stuff going on. But when we have the off days in those cities, it's nice. The warm cities. All right. So this is like a, this is like a selfish question for me now. Um, you mm-hmm. are on the plane and yeah. I was laughing. I was really laughing when George Hill said, uh, before you guys went to Paris or after you guys went to Paris, he was like, yeah, that plane was one of the best planes I've ever been on. And I was looking, I was looking at the video of this plane and seeing it looked like there was a full dining room, ballroom set up on this plane. What? And, and it felt like every single extended family member of every single player and anyone that had any link to the, to the team was on this plane. Like it was ridiculous. It felt like there was like 10,000 people on this plane. What was that trip like? And, and you guys left late. Like you left after a game. So was there any like, was there anyone like having fun on this plane? Like what was going on on that thing? Uh, it, it's funny. DJ Wilson compared it to Soul Plane. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, DJ, don't say that. You know, it's a little more civilized than that. But no, I mean, it was, I mean, the best. And if you have the NBA players saying that something yeah, is okay. impressive, you know that it, like, it's top of the line. Uh, I mean, any, anything you could want. All the seats, like, first class. They're, like, handing out drinks as you walk in. Uh, I mean, it, it was nice. I don't know any other spectacular, amazing, fantastic, any other. <laughs> any other you can, yeah, I mean, it, this is how you know it was nice we like get to Paris and I'm like, Oh, we don't have a couple more hours left. Like yeah. I could have been on that plane. <laughs> okay. 
All right. For a lot longer. That's exactly what I thought. If you get to the if you get to the end of a plane flight and you're like, uh, I could probably chill up here for a little bit longer than that, that that probably explains it as well as anyone could. Okay, have they? I know that they uh they're playing cards up there. Have you like squeezed your way into the the, the, the gambling ring yet? <laughs> Negative. Negative. <laughs> that's, that's not your. The, either they they won't let you in, or you. Uh, that's not your thing. You know, not into it, and uh, <laughs> the salaries might just be a little different. You know, oh, they may have. <laughs> yeah. They may have a little bit more to work with. Yeah, um, that, that's <laughs> that's okay. All right, that's that's probably a, that's probably a fair point. They might be they might be throwing down some caps. That might uh, exceed. Uh, let's just say what 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 me or you could probably bet. I was actually at I was covering Bucks Celtics a couple of years ago in the playoffs, and DJ Wilson was a rookie at the time. And I remember uh, DJ was having a three point shooting contest at practice. Uh, those two those two were shooting together from the corner, and Giannis was just like mouthing off. I mean, he we know that you hear him talking. He likes to talk trash in practice. He was like mm-hmm. DJ fifty buck bet. Uh, see who who will hit the most threes. And DJ Wilson won the three point contest. And I just remember Giannis started cracking up laughing. And he was like, "You're a rookie, man. I'm not giving you any money anyway." And I was like, All right. "I'm like, I could see, I could see that how that's how that would go down." Oh yeah, I mean, I haven't, you know, no rookies this year. It's true. So I haven't experienced, you know, the ins and outs and the the backstories of any of the rookie pranks. I've seen videos from years past. Obviously, yeah. the uh, popcorn in Sterling's car is widely known but uh yeah that would be interesting to see maybe if there's a, a rookie next year there'll be a lot of shenanigans that way they mess with each other no matter how old you are it's it's really funny to see uh they, they don't care they're just they're a bunch of uh, kids at times <laughs> so but before i so i've got a couple more questions here before i get to this one you sort of just led into it then i i can assure you that no Bucks players would listen to this podcast, so you don't have to be like afraid that anyone's gonna like hear this answer. But do you have? Is there? A, do you have? Because people always ask this me this question, and I, I don't really know how to answer it or what I should say. But is there anyone that you are like? Okay, I want to talk to that guy because he he gives like because because last year I know Brook Lopez has been difficult this year, and I always see you talk about the fact that no matter what you ask, he's going to bring it back to defense, and all these guys do this over and over again. And <laughs> is there anyone that you're just like, okay, yeah, th- this guy's the, the the funniest person or the most enjoyable to to chat with? Hmm. It's tough. I, you know, I think that all have their funny moments. Like I can honestly say, I felt like I like laughed on camera. <laughs> with like most of the guys um and that just kind of depends on the game and the circumstances so they all like you can you can get it out of them um in terms of like this season though so far if you're really watching um the back and forth with uh blood and chris yeah for two people you might not uh expect to open up it, it's been cool it's all them right uh i don't think i've gotten through like a chris or blood interview in the past like month without one of them interrupting it so um yeah i but no i mean i all the guys are really great to talk to and that's not just me saying it like i can go down the line and i think like there's different things you connect with with different players like Giannis is really good with like he loves to like explain things with the game right like if you ask about a specific play like he loves to like kind of take you in the play and tell you what he was thinking um you know, Brooke Lopez and, and Robin, for that matter, too. They love talking about their teammates, yeah. right? Like, it's never like, I mean, Brooke had, like, what, nine blocks in a game? And he still brought it back to his teammates. <laughs> and that's just genuinely, like, who he is. And Robin is, is like that in a way as well. 
Wesley Matthews gives some great answers. I mean, he's a vet, so he kind of tells it like it is. He's not giving you the PC answer. Um, I mean, they all, I mean, I could go down the line and kind of have a different tidbit of what they bring in terms of an interview. All right. So last one here, we're going to bring it back to you a little bit. Uh, at the start of the season, and I'm, I know that I've spoke to you about this at practice before the start of the season, you were doing the, did they call it, what they call it in the zone with Z? Is that what they called it? In the zone with Z. Yes. What's, what's happening to that? Because I'm, I'm starting to wonder if you beat Dante the first time, so for those that for those that haven't seen this, Zora like has a as a shooting basically a shooting competition. They pick whatever spot they want to shoot from, and Zora knocked out Dante. I think you had one more after that, but I'm starting to wonder whether you won that first matchup, and now the players are too scared to too scared to front up. No, so we've had you know some some guys lined up, and then injuries happen, uh, and then like you said, like they're not necessarily like practicing a ton so you don't want to like get a guy on their off day like their off day is their off day so um yeah it's more of just scheduling but I would look for more coming in the future we have done two we did Dante and then we Chris Chris like completely um <laughs> creamed creamed me as you would say in basketball so um that was a that was a quick shooting competition but yeah I would look for a couple more and the guys know that it's funny they're actually they're pretty into it. So some of them are ready. We just got to get the scheduling down. So I would look for those in the future. We got a couple more before playoffs start. And then, you know, it gets all about the team and basketball and stuff. Are you still playing a lot? Yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, on the road, the staff plays a good bit. Yeah. So like John Horse and the coaches and all that will play. So I'll, I'll play with them. Sometimes I'll play here at home, but more so on the road. But, uh, yeah, not a ton, but enough to where I'm getting up and down, and it's fun, so for sure. Yeah, well, we'll look forward to that. But, uh, listen, I'm going to let you go. I know this is – we're recording this now. It's Tuesday afternoon. We were just talking before we started. They're, they're practicing tonight. I don't know. This is a, this is a rare – uh, evening practice, potentially Bud wants to, to shake out the, the cobwebs of these guys that have been away uh, getting some sun. And I'm actually really curious, uh, Zora, you missed last season. After the All-Star break, first practice back, Ursan came back literally looking like a human lobster. He spent uh, a few days <laughs> de- he spent a few days down in Florida. And I don't think I've ever seen a pinker man in my life when he came back from, uh, from that. So I'm really looking forward to tonight to see who uh, forgot to use the, the sunscreen. <laughs> that is a great point. Can't wait to see you there. See you there, Kane. Looking forward to it. Thanks for jumping on. That was Zora Stevenson. You can see her, obviously, on Fox Sports Wisconsin, the sideline reporter there, and also with Bucks.com. We will be back tomorrow. I, I, I've been saying this for a couple of days now. Frank is, is definitely, he, he made it back. He, his boat didn't get like stuck out in the, in, the, in the ocean anywhere. So he's going to be back with me tomorrow. But for now, for Zora and myself, Kane Pittman, we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.